0: Hey, Senda.
1: Hey, Phil.
0: Do you want to talk about how we could make today's show shorter?
1: Um, in the we're already recording though, so like in the middle of today's episode, we're going to talk about making it shorter. No. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: You want to do it? <laughs> Let's do it. Uh-huh. Cue music. <laughs> and welcome to another fine episode of pandas talking games i am your host phil and
1: i am your other host senda and for today's episode we had a message from joseph on twitter who asked uh p- at pandas talk games i've got an e- uh, i've got an episode for you i mean kind of sure let me try that again but actually say the words that joseph wrote let's 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 do it that way um, I've got a topic for you. My players are taking forever in the large multi-level dungeon I built. How can I best keep the fun without making it take up the whole campaign? I have ideas, but they all have pros and cons.
0: I mean, truthfully, all ideas are going to have pros and cons.
1: Yeah, ours are all going to have pros and cons, too. Yes. Well, like, Let's compare our ideas with yours and see if they match up.
0: Yeah, so we wound up on um, pre-show, we wound up um, during the week talking about this and, and trying to think of like what topic we wanted to... Uh, tease out of this right like this is a pretty um, open question right how best to keep the fun without taking up the whole campaign so um, we decided on a topic that we haven't covered before which is editing games while you're running them
1: yeah on the fly
0: Uh, so so it can be let me let me be clear in when we say running them it could be that you make the edits while you're at the game table playing the game i have absolutely done this for one shots Um, i have sometimes done this for my campaign games but it could also mean between sessions if you're playing a campaign so Mm -hmm. you could just be like your characters could be in the middle of the story and you get to a certain part your session ends for that night and in the you know in between time till your next session you're like i'm gonna fix like i'm gonna like do a couple things to this to make like to make it end faster um, and then you just do it and then you come back and play at the next session. So b- the techniques we're going to talk about both work, whether you are actually at the table running the game or between sessions and are like tidying up your game. Yes. Doing like your prep and stuff. Yes. All right, cool. Yes. So what we, so that's, that's the hat, like where, what we're actually talking about is we're going to talk about um, changing the story. Uh, such that it ends faster than you originally had it planned or or how long it would take based on how fast the players are going. We're going to get to all that in just a second. Yeah. But we're talking about fixing a story that you're in the middle of, um, which has some challenges. We're going to talk about those. We have some techniques and suggestions for how to do it. We're going to talk about those in depth, and we're going to apply them to Joseph's multi-level dungeon as we go along.
1: Yeah, so we're basically, um, for the purposes of this conversation, the dungeon is the particular story or arc of the campaign that we're addressing that's taking longer to get through than expected.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're going to use the dungeon because because Joseph was kind enough that's to ask, question. right? Yeah. Was, that, like, was <laughs> kind enough to ask the topic. But trust me that this works in um, almost every other structure of story, provided when we get to the things you need to be careful about, you are being careful about them. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool?
1: Cool. Yes. Um, So when we talk about moving through an adventure um, from start to finish, um, we're talking about a couple of specific things, right?
0: Yeah. First one is the length of the adventure, right? How much have you prepped, right? You originally sat down and you constructed some amount of adventure and you were like, this is my story, start, middle, finish. Um, It is like this much material. We're not going to say how long it is time-wise because that's, tricky to gauge right we're just going to say that like i have written this many scenes this many rooms in my dungeon this many steps in my investigation whatever to tell a story start middle finish
1: yeah sorry this is apropos of nothing um i'm in the middle of doing some really intense Product management, like Scrum, Agile training stuff, and now everything sounds like that to me, including managing how players progress through a story. So this is kind of making me giggle in weird ways because I'm like, "Ooh." Well,
0: why don't you talk <laughs> about why don't you talk about progression then? Because that's the next part of this,
1: right? And th- that is the next thing. But it is, it's just it, my brain is doing these weird firing connection things that are, um, you know, unique to me, but uh, making me giggle. So, but the next one is progress which is the velocity of how fast players are moving through the story um from start to finish right and when we talk about velocity we are talking about how much they are accomplishing per period of time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and that's pretty complicated right um and it's not a constant right um some scenes go very quickly some scenes do not and um, there's not often huge predictors into like I mean there's some predictors right combat tends to take longer than not depending on the system you're playing right um, but you know to your point of the your the thing that's been currently making you laugh the um your monster hearts game with the snake scene like no one expected <laughs> yeah. the snakes no to become npcs the in the scene but then they did <laughs> and thus The velocity, the speed at which we were moving through the story (laughs) slows down.
1: Ground to a halt and I got my way because we just all couldn't stop laughing enough to have an actual like negotiation conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So these two. He was like,
1: fine, we broke the GM. You get what you want.
0: (laughs) So both of these things are at play when we are talking about um, when we're talking about an adventure. And if an adventure is, quote, taking too long Or taking too many sessions and I use those in quotes right Um, one of the one of the following things is happening Um, so one you've written too much adventure like your adventure is long I shouldn't say you've written too much adventure you have written a long adventure right an adventure that is taking longer um, than expected what's another thing that could be going on
1: yeah the players are simply moving more slowly than you expected them to. Right.
0: And then the worst case is that both of those things are true. You have written a lot of stuff and the players are not going very fast. Yeah. This is, um, if you ever want to be acutely aware of both of these things run one shots at conventions when conventions come back (laughs) you know to the world safely run a one shot at a convention because within four hours you need to pack a story in there start middle finish and you have no idea how fast the players are going to go through it so you need to exercise a great deal of control in pacing to keep them moving right to keep that progress and velocity up um it is a dance um but We're not going to talk about that here. If you want to talk about running con games in the summer, if it seems like it's safe to go back to cons, maybe we'll do an episode on running con games again. It's been a little while. But anyway, returning Mm -hmm. to our thing, um, too long, players are progressing too shortly, or both. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, so um, we're not going to today talk about progress. Um, If you want to get into that right if you if you are if you have identified the problem as uh i have written a reasonable amount of material and my players are just not moving through it fast enough i will refer you to misdirected mark episode 393 um that is called productive playing and uh it talks all about um velocity it talks all about um making progress through a story when is it um, when is it fine when you're not? When do you want to push to kind of make more progress? those things. All of that stuff is covered in MMP393. So go give that a listen if you if you have identified the problem as a velocity issue, what we're going what we're going to address for the rest of today is what happens if your story is bigger than you expect it.
1: Right. And so you know, if it's both, then take the information from both of these Correct. and merge it together exactly. right? <laughs> and see what helps. Yep, yep. Um, so before we jump into um, actually talking about the the acts of shortening your particular story or <laughs> adventure, um, we're going to talk about uh, the risks of making edits like this while your game is already in progress. We're going to talk about these in a little bit more detail, but just briefly, what we're going to cover is um, that you you can. You can mess up the continuity, right? Things may not make sense anymore. A to B does is missing A to C is now missing B. It doesn't make sense anymore. Well, let's
0: let's be clear. Continuity Oh,
1: I've merged two You've of them together. You've merged two of them
0: together. So let's let's tease. My apologies. Let's, let's
1: separate those back out. Yes, let's tease <laughs>
0: these apart. Right. Messing okay. up continuity means that in a previous session, the players collected something like a key, a clue, or something that is necessary. That you originally wrote to be necessary at the end of the story. Now, when you've made your edit, you have rendered that item, object, clue, whatever, irrelevant. And it will confuse the players, right? Because-
1: I've done this. Sure. To be clear, I actually did it in the opposite direction where I took a really short game, made it longer, and I turned an object that they collected by accident into an important thing, and they were like, I don't remember it being that, and I was like, uh, it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so like, <laughs> right, continuity is always a case where something from the past has to make sense with something in the present. Um, so you can mess up continuity if you're not careful how you're making edits. Now, the second yes. one you said, go ahead. You
1: can also... Yes. You can also make the story not make sense because um things just don't line up anymore. Correct.
0: Now you're that could also be a continuity Right?
1: It could be both, yes. right? Yeah.
0: They they are um, they, they one can lead to the other or they can be separate. But yeah, you could yeah. just like you could shortcut something and the players be like 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 let's say you're shortcutting a thriller or a mystery. Like the players may arrive at the end and be like I totally don't understand. How right. we made any of, we this made a connects leap of logic
1: together. that doesn't make sense anymore because you eliminated something that was key to making it make sense exactly to them. Yep, and that's there's a there's a I will say one more thing about this, which is it's important as a GM to remember you know the whole story, so of course it makes sense to you, so be careful about remembering that they don't have that whole picture as they're going through this. I will
0: say this is often a good place why taking notes as a GM is good because one of the things you can do when you have to do these edits is really put yourself, I'll just say this as a tip, you really need to put yourself into the heads of the players and think what do the players actually know versus yes. what you have prepped
1: what do what do i know which is sort of the overall picture which which is sort of like looking at things in hindsight and can make things very clear which is not the same perspective
0: and, right? and it's actually good and bad or i should say it's good in a couple ways it's good because one if you think what the players know versus what you know it will help you with the things that we're talking about which we haven't even gotten to the third one yet but yeah, it'll help you know, with the things that, that you're talking that. about but two it will also show you what the players don't know, which is yeah. malleable.
1: Yes. Right? Because yep.
0: to avoid continuity problems, the stuff that you have prepped that they don't know is stuff you can mess with.
1: Yes. That's 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 where you have free range because if it hasn't happened at the table yet, then it's not real yet. Yeah. What's
0: what's the last anyway, thing? What's the last yeah, thing that could happen? The
1: third one. The third one that can happen is that your story can become anticlimactic. Um, and that's specifically that, you know... If you pull out too many opportunities for the players to invest in the story itself and the ending that you've been sort of, you know, approaching, then by the time that you get to the ending, they may not care because they didn't have the opportunity to invest. Right.
0: Exactly. I'm always I'm, you know. Anyway, just leave that right there. (laughs)
1: Okay. I'm never yeah. a fan
0: of rushing the climax. How about that?
1: Oh, man. Okay. I thought you were aiming for one of those, but then then you just didn't quite get there, and it was its own form.
0: I mean, sometimes oh. you don't get there, and then you get there on the second try, or as many tries as it takes.
1: I feel like they're not tries at that point. I feel like we should move on. Anyway, I feel like it's not it's an getting So it's getting edgy. It just gets, That's what I'm saying. It
0: just, <laughs> the show's getting edgy
1: just gets stopped at the last minute is different from you try and fail like you know well
0: it depends on who stops you Ah, <laughs> now let's move on <laughs> okay so any of the three things that we've just talked about loss of continuity the story uh, stops making sense or um, becomes anticlimactic all of those lead to the same problem which is it reduces the overall enjoyment of that session story and possibly game right so yes. so the reason we bring this up is not to sca- not to scare you into not doing this it's to remind you that measure twice cut once right like yes. like make the- we're going to talk about these tips in a second make your cuts carefully to avoid those three things we talked about And you can pull these off. I have definitely done this multiple times um, in multi session games where I have like fixed it along the way. And I've absolutely done it in one shots where I have like just been like looked at the time, been like, well, boy, we have an hour left. Okay, here's what happens. Right? Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. So these things totally work. Just be a little careful. Okay, cool. There are two techniques, Senda that we can use what are the two techniques we can do for this
1: right and these are the ones we're going to really we're going to jump in on we can one make a new ending that happens earlier in the story or two we can pull scenes out of the middle to bring the ending that you had already planned up
0: Yeah. yeah yeah they sound the same and they're kind yeah. of the same-ish. The end
1: result is in both cases is that the ending becomes closer to the point at which your players currently are. Yes. But the way that you approach them is a little bit different. So let's kind of talk about them yes. a little bit more. So starting with moving the ending forward, this yep. um, this in this, in this scenario, mm-hmm. instead of sticking with our original idea for the ending... Um, We find a place earlier in the story that can function as the ending and make it the new ending. Yeah. Right. Um, So then as the players move forward, they encounter the ending sooner. It just it literally becomes a sooner part of the story. Yep.
0: So, again, this is going to require a bit of story editing. Right. Yes. Um, This will work easier in some stories than others. Yep. Right. For sure. Um, This is going to work easier, like putting a new ending in a story is going to work easier for certain types of stories than other types. Um, Mm -hmm. It works really well when the players don't know where the ending of the story is. And I'll give a few examples. So if we're talking about a location-based adventure, i.e. dungeon, if you started the adventure with, legend says, the 27 levels of, you know, (laughs) Lord, you know... Lord um Baron von Badass's um you know dungeon um uh, have you know been the terror of all players. You've now put 27 levels into existence.
1: Yes. Right? And now
0: have to figure <laughs> out how you're going to deal with that. If you simply start your adventure with Baron Von Badass's dungeon has been the bane of adventurers since, you know, many generations ago. Its many levels um, Mm -hmm. have caused, you know, have, you know, consumed uh, adventurers and left others in ruins. You have now noticed the difference, right? By not Mm -hmm. naming a number, I have room for how many levels are in here. I could have thought initially I'm going to do 27 levels and six levels in be like, Phew, I think I'm just going to do nine. Right. Yep. Like, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. 27. Like, I don't know what I yeah. was thinking.
1: Many, <laughs> because something like many or just not predefining um an end point means that you have the flexibility to put the end point where you want it this is so what we're actually talking about is an expectations issue if you have set the expectations it is harder um, to do this harder to change them yes
0: yeah it's harder to do this when you have set hard expectations um excellent yeah you like you can do this uh for instance you can do this in a mystery because while the players know that the end of the mystery is to find out who it is um you can move up the ending to finding out who it is um, by how much of the mystery you reveal. Now, this borders also on the removing middle pieces part. Um, yes. It gets a little. It gets a little blurry when we talk about mysteries. But same point is like, if 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 everybody knows where the ending is, uh, and you move it, people will know that you moved the ending. Right? Yes. <laughs> like that's, That is absolutely. <laughs> like that is in the simplest way. If everybody knows where the, the ending is, and then it's not there um that's that's a question right why is it not there why is it
1: not there um which to be fair sometimes you can answer that question right like if you're like this is a 27 level dungeon and then you go well levels 20 through 26 had a cave-in and they don't exist no no it's the next thing in the notes
0: yeah we're now talking about joseph's dungeon
1: Oh, were you going to talk about Joseph's dungeon separately from the dungeon with the 27 levels? Yeah, yeah. It was oh, just... okay. We'll carry on then. Sorry, I'll let you,
0: you come right back to that in one second. Let okay, me do the part okay. in front of it.
1: I was getting excited.
0: Yeah, no, no. Okay, <laughs> you'll come right back to that. Okay, so going back to Joseph's question, right? If we take this technique of moving the end forward, right? It really works, again, as we said, if no one knows how many levels there are. Right. So if Joseph, if Joseph said, like, there are 27 levels, you need to show up with level 27. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like um,
1: No matter how you get there. Right.
0: But if you just yeah. said many, like if you just like slide like or we'll get to that in a second. But if you just say if you never said how many there are, you can just pick a number and make it the last level. Yes. OK. You can just move the ending upward okay yes. cool now now do the cool. other one
1: now can I say the other part yes. so, so the thing is if you did say 27 levels but you want to move up the ending then the trick is that you just have to make an excuse for the levels that are not going to be in the game mm-hmm. right that's really what we're talking about so, and, and what
0: would be one of those excuses
1: then you could yes thank you for prompting me back into the things that I was starting to say before um so maybe a cave-in so their map is no longer accurate, or those floors are no longer accessible, only the stairwell works, or yeah. the elevator, or whatever it is. And so they're just skimming by, like, closed-off blocks of rock and chunks, and they don't even know if those level 27 is really still there, but then they get there, you know, whatever yes, it is. Yes, while,
0: while there is 27 levels in the dungeon, play only occurs on nine of them.
1: Yes, Yeah. whatever it is, right? So we, whoop, like, you know... If, for the purposes of the actual story, we've moved the ending up to level nine. We've just made excuses for levels uh, 10, 3. True, whatever. <laughs> whatever.
0: We're not mathing it here.
1: <laughs> okay. No on-the-fly podcast math.
0: In a similar vein, the other technique is dropping out scenes that are in the middle. Like, from where the players are to where the ending is, just removing some of the middle of this, of this game. Um, yes. and like it has the exact same effect as moving the ending. It's just that if you've removed the middle, then the distance between where the players are and the end just shortened.
1: Yeah. If anybody has read, this is what always comes to my mind. Um, with this, if you've read a wrinkle in time, like if you've actually read the books, cause I think they may have done this in the movie, but I honestly can't remember. I saw it once but I read the books obsessively when I was little. So there's specifically a scene when they're, when they're explaining how they do their like travel, right? And um, she takes the edge of her dress or apron or something and she lifts it up and says, imagine that there's an ant on this and she's holding it flat. And it's like you know this distance from point A to point B. And then she folds her apron in the middle so that the ant doesn't have to cross all of that distance. The distance still exists, but the ant doesn't have to go across it. That's what you're doing to your story.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Folded space is what
1: folded you're, space stories is yes. what we're doing. <laughs> folded story
0: space, I think, is what you're. Um,
1: that is kind of what I'm describing. But this is one of those scenes that, like, for some no, reason, no, it's in a good childhood, Senda's head, it is there forever. Yeah. And there were illustrations in the book of the lion and the ant. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, there's there's multiple ways to do this one, right? Like, there's like a lot of ways that we can address it. Um, what's the first one? Yeah,
0: you want to ping pong these.
1: Sure, yeah. Okay, cool. So
0: the first one is uh, you can just drop out some of the scenes so that they won't disrupt the story. So for instance, um, you're the only one who has the map to the dungeon, right? So you could just um, extend a hallway and not put any doors on it, right? Yeah. And now those (laughs) scenes are just not there. Um, I often, I'll just say this really quick, I often when I do one-shots for conventions is I will mark... Um, usually with like a little note to myself a couple of scenes in the middle that are dropouts yep, like optional. this scene isn't really necessary it's there for the characters to do stuff but if you are running low on time like omit this scene and that's I and optional, I actually yeah. write my um, I write my one shots for um, I write my one shots for campaign or for conventions. With that in mind, so that for continuity's sake, story's sake, or whatever, when this piece drops out, it's not a big deal. Like, maybe the characters have all the clues, and they're going to confront the bad guy, and in the middle, they get ambushed by um, the B-plot. Like, the B-plot bad guys, or whatever. That's cool, we can do that scene if we have time, but if we don't, like, it just drops out, and the players just go and confront the bad guy and then there's like the final you know climactic battle thing like Fold the story space yeah exactly like <laughs> you know like have an environmental challenge right and mm-hmm. then just be like Ooh, running out of time no problem they cross right. the nope. snowy tundra without you know
1: without issue Yeah, exactly um the the equivalent to crossing the snowy tundra without issue is um if they if you handed them a map of the dungeon, and they do already know what it looks like. You can't eliminate rooms, or you don't want to Sorry. do a cave-in. Cool. The there's no monsters in these rooms.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I just the, whatever confrontation was waiting for them just isn't there anymore.
0: Yeah, or um, along the same lines, um, just put less monster.
1: Yeah, less monster. Less monster right. or less hit
0: points, right?
1: Right, which I think is sort of the the next one, which is you yes. can also make the scenes easier to shorten them, and this specifically applies to things like um, combat right? Easier monsters, less hit points, fewer monsters, um, just make, make less, less, less of the thing so that it takes less time to do.
0: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's often this thing where, especially in dungeons, right? Where, um, and this is like very tropey. This is very tropey from both RPGs, teaching it to video games, teaching it back to RPGs that each level, (laughs) that each level of the dungeon has to get progressively harder and harder And more difficult. And so you can, to speed things up, you can make a couple levels that are just easier. Yeah. And the players get like a little reprieve. They stop consuming resources. They actually, their velocity picks up because it's like, oh, like this level's kind of mostly empty or, you know, only has a few orcs in it. We rolled right through those like they were butter. And like now, like we're on our way to the next level.
1: Yeah, and they spent less less actual time doing things like combat, but they also kept their um investment and energy up because they also spent less time doing things like oh man, I'm out of spells, I need to take a long rest.
0: Yeah, and you may just need to like um you may just need to make a little story excuse for this like oh, mm-hmm. this area is like this area's sparse because like there was an illness. Right. Like like and it's just this area has been depopulated a bit. Right, and there's signs of it around in the hallways or something, and then everything you fight is kind of weakened, and you're right through it. Okay. Yep. Um, similar to that one, similar Mm -hmm. to that idea is the is our third um, suggestion, which is you can make things less attractive um, to discourage the players from lingering. Right, lingering is like when they want to, like, talk to every NPC, look under every nook and cranny, Mm -hmm. um, all of those things,
1: every stone for secret doors. Exactly.
0: So there are ways to make things less attractive like um rooms are very plain Mm -hmm. right like they're featureless they're like you know these rooms probably once in the dungeon were just used for grain storage they're just like Mm -hmm. big empty square rooms um like no books no like you know none of that stuff um you can make uh Environmental factors make things less attractive. We'll talk about that in our examples for for uh, Joseph, but you can um, you can certainly discourage this. If you're playing a sci-fi game, like I'm playing No Man's Sky right now, um, vacuum, <laughs> toxicity, radiation, right? All of these. Every things...
1: single planet you have encountered has had oh. something that would make you not want to linger. <laughs> exactly.
0: In many cases, like run my ass back to the ship, kind of thing. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, what's number four?
1: Uh, number four you can always do a montage to narrate um, some of the stuff uh, that that you kind of need to move through but that is not necessarily interesting to roll through right like you don't necessarily need to randomize this let's get some quick some quick um, vignettes of like what it looks like as you move through these three levels of the dungeon like um, everybody give me one high point or whatever that is right yeah um three now, things that you're doing
0: now if you're playing a pbta game like let's say let's say that your dungeon is in dungeon world right mm-hmm. and you want to yeah. you want to do a montage um this is a place where it is ripe for a custom move
1: oh yeah right Beautiful. like
0: when we move through the dungeon to progress to uh, you know to the like to level 27 um you know roll plus whatever and you know then you know pack in some things on a 10 plus you know you move through you move through this space you know deftly and skillfully uh, gain this much treasure blah, gain blah treasure blah. yeah on exactly. a seven to nine uh you gain this much treasure but uh, you've lost some valuable equipment what is it you've taken some damage you know blah 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 right like yeah you I mean you know we could but it's a perfect place in a PBTA game um, when you when you do a montage to just make a custom move out of it, it makes it a lot of yeah. fun yeah all right and lastly you can provide a shortcut like yeah. you can just open up a way to bypass a bunch of stuff and move the players closer from where they are to the end of where they're going. Yes.
1: Yeah. So to dive in really specifically on Joseph's example, then this, this dungeon in particular, um, some of the stuff that we were chatting about, um, for example, to discourage lingering. um, If you have a level or more that was filled with toxic spores... That doesn't sound like a fun place to stay, right? Um, So that's the kind of thing where you can start um, having it result in damage or conditions um, the longer that they stay or explore and make it not worthwhile to stick around.
0: Yeah. This is
1: not something that you necessarily want to stick around for. And it's not something that you can fight with your swords.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you sticking around? Cool. Make a saving throw. Like do that once the (laughs) players will be like, "Ah." Like, all right, cool. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Uh, The next thing, the next one from our example, right. Pulling from that list. um, So along, you know, like at level nine, the players, um, they find a hidden portal slash passageway. Uh, that the big bad uses to get around in the dungeon. The big bad doesn't walk 27 levels. Like Baron Von Badass does not go from level 27 to any of the other levels by walking up his big, you know, single staircase. No, he's hidden like he's hidden magic portals all through the uh, all through the base. So after a particularly tough combat or a combat with one of his lieutenants, you discover he's got a portal. Um, yeah, right there. Yeah, and if you want to make it a challenge so like the players feel a sense of accomplishment and not like oh you just gave us a you know like the jump skip to the end. Make a skill challenge or something like oh the portal's not active but the wizard thinks he can get it like he could get it like started.
1: <laughs> There's a keypad, what's the code? <laughs> yeah, like you
0: know the wizard and the cleric or the thief and the wizard like get to work on it and suddenly they get it working. Now the players not only have a shortcut that's going to move them through a whole chunk of the adventure they have a sense of accomplishment that they've outsmarted baron von badass right like baron von badass left this portal here he turned it off because you should right that's smart
1: yeah yeah you don't you don't leave your portals turned on with adventurers wandering exactly
0: but we we turned it on and Mm -hmm. now we get the benefit of our hard work which is we can now jump through the portal arrive somewhere in level 27 and let's go kick baron von badass's ass
1: I mean, the fun thing about that when you start talking about portals like that is if they don't succeed at the first one or figuring out what it is, if you, you know, whoops, too complicated, made the roll too high, whatever. Sure. Um, that's fine. Put another one in Correct. somewhere else because Baron Von Badass, like you said, he doesn't, he doesn't walk. So these things are scattered around everywhere and eventually they're going to figure out what they are and get one functioning and then zoop, off they go.
0: Yeah. In fact, if you want to just like make it like a challenge for the level, like, they find the portal and then there's like a bunch of clues somewhere else on the rest of this level so that, yeah, that would you know once them. they clear this level they come back and they're like all right we know how to like we, we know how to this. turn this thing on again
1: right yeah yep, yep, yep absolutely yep.
0: yeah uh, what's another one
1: um you can always remove levels that have not been explored right you can, and this this is this is where it gets a little mushy, like back with the first, like moving the ending up, right? Sometimes this is a little hard to define exactly what you're doing, and that's okay. We just use those definitions to talk about this stuff, not as, like, firm, fast. You must write it. This is this is how it will go. Um, but if you know, but they don't know that there are eight levels, but you just don't want to address levels two and three, you know. They can go directly from level one to level four and that's fine.
0: Yeah. Just,
1: just take shoop. them out. Take out some of those levels. That's fine. Take
0: that piece of graph paper and just slide it over. You, you can, you're <laughs> going to use that another day.
1: Another like, time. You ha- you look at this beautifully prepared dungeon you have for the next story arc. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. All right. Good. Um, lastly. There is a thing, I'm going to call it the Wizard of Oz effect.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, It's a good name.
0: There is a thing where, like, don't look behind the curtain, right? Where you want to, like, you have this feeling that you need to fix this thing without letting the players know what's going on. And I know that this thing exists because I myself did this for decades, literally decades. Um, where, like, don't show, like, don't look behind the curtain. The other one is, like, don't, you know, look how the sausage is made, like, all of those, right? Where Mm -hmm. it's, like, well, the players have a mystique of how the story's going and that you are, like, you know, in the background, you're feverishly making these fixes, but don't want to, like, let anyone know.
1: It'll be ruined if they ever see all the work that you're doing, just ruined.
0: Right. (laughs) So I don't believe in the Wizard of Oz effect. No. Right? Right. Um, largely, now I'm not going to dismiss it because there are some people whose uh, gaming group, gaming style is based on that kind of illusion, right? And it's totally fine if you have that, you have it. I will offer you a alternative that, in 40 years of gaming. <laughs> In 40 years of gaming... <laughs> Was
1: that your I'm old
0: Yes.
1: cough? Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> that in 40 years of gaming, I think is actually a better model than The Wizard of Oz. And that is the collaborative model, which is simply to just say to the players after a session, hey, I thought we'd be through this dungeon like in three sessions. We're on session five, and I don't see an end in sight. And I have more story that I want to go over with you guys. So I would like us to find a way to um, get through the rest of this dungeon. Would you guys be cool if Mm -hmm. I remove a few levels and we'll play like a couple more sessions? You guys will arrive at the end. Would you guys be fine if I found a way, like I come up with something to get us to the end of the thing, etc. Or you could just ask them. I'm like... I'm like, uh, this is taking longer than I thought. What can we do? Yeah. Right. It's totally fine. Um, Like, I'm a big proponent of this. Jason Cordova, I saw a talk about it on Twitter like a couple of weeks ago, was also a huge um, fan of this idea that um, games just operate better when you are also maintaining a meta level discussion.
1: I think that this also has a lot to do with just conceptually remembering that the GM or DM is also a player at the table and is not some sort of lone wolf who is out here having a completely different experience from everyone else. Like this is a story that we're sharing together um, and, and creating together. And part of that process is talking about, you know, how the story is going um, and all of those, those parts, right? So to me, um, to me, you know, not engaging with the the Wizard of Oz theory of gming and um, and considering the GM a player are kind of two parts of the same sort of I don't know collaborative story feel of how how I tend to prefer to play games right now, um, and and that is a thing and it's something that for me I take to one shots and basically all campaigns that I run I'll be really upfront with players. Um, At a one shot, it may just be like, hey guys, so we have like an hour and a half left. I want to make sure that we get to a conclusion. I'm going to go ahead and hard, hard cut us in some scenes so that we make sure we get to the good stuff. Right. Or um, in a long running campaign or something along those lines, it might look like, wow, cool. You guys went a completely different direction than I had even considered. And I need to think about for a second how this connects. Or um, I don't, I don't really have a plan for tonight. Let's just get into this and see what happens. Right. It's really totally fine to be very upfront with players, um, in my experience. And I don't think that it detracts from the game. Um, and it gives people, I think, honestly, I think it gives as a player, when it happens to me, it gives me more of a sense of, um, ownership and understanding of the story as well. Yeah. Um, that I have a lot to do with it and that, you know, I am part of that collaboration of creating that story. Anyway, that's my rant about it. No, I th- I think it's true, and I
0: and I think that hmm, I want to do this without I want to do this without pooping on anybody is fun. Okay, right. so let me say let me say where we, I think this gets perpetuated. Sure, I think that entertainment APs do this more than they do the collaborative parts. Right, I think that when you're watching APs as a entertainment vehicle, they are doing now I know your show's different cuz I've listened like
1: No, but part of the reason that I wanted to I wanted to um actually address that is that as someone who has done NAP I will tell you very specifically um I learned about having a lot of meta discussions from podcasting because there is stuff that is edited out of the episodes of She's a Super Geek and that's why I wanted to say this. I wanted to make this very clear. There are things edited out of She's a Super Geek, where because of timeframes, because we knew it was for an audience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because this was edited after the fact, we had meta-level conversations about things like, hey, we have an hour of recording time left before somebody has to go. How do we get this to the most interesting ending? And sometimes it wasn't even that conversation. It was, I think the most interesting ending is this right? Is everybody on board for that ending? How do we get there? Now let's play it, right? So I think that we have to remember with the media that we consume, because um, the idea that all of this stuff just happens without having these conversations is an idea, even in the kind of collaborative games that I was playing, um, that we perpetuate by editing that sort of thing out. Because honestly, from a purely entertainment perspective, it's not always very interesting to watch right? But this is the difference between the media that you consume and the game that's actually happening at your table. Um, it's part of the reason that I love that I have games that I'm not recording now because I don't have to think about, okay, I'm going to have to edit this part out or whatever. Like, just have the meta conversation when you need to have the meta conversation. I'm like, etc. etc. et cetera, right?
0: Absolutely. Now, I will say this, right? Let me, um, let me say this. We've talked about the Wizard of Oz. We've talked about the meta level conversation. Let me talk about a um, let me talk about in in the middle, right? Yeah. So maybe you are like, look, when I'm when I'm in the middle of a game, like I really don't like having meta meta level conversations. Cool. Sure. Have Perfectly them at, reasonable. have them at the end mm-hmm. of your sessions or in the in-betweens of your sessions. Yeah, yeah. And then make whatever changes or do whatever and then return to the game and play right like yeah. it's not a it, it you are not in one camp or the other right There, right. there's sliding scales and i have let me just say 100 i have done both of these i was very much the wizard of oz i was very much like turning knobs and stuff in the background like behind my gm screen no one had any idea what was going on had a blast i have also been a fully collaborative meta gm Where we have talked about like where we should take a story, how it should go, whatever, and totally had a blast. It is a preference thing. But my point is, if you are sweating feverishly being the Wizard of Oz and it's to the point that you are not having fun because of how much work you are doing in the background.
1: That's the key.
0: Consider the shift. If you are doing all the Wizard of Oz stuff... And, and you are it. loving it.
1: Yeah, keep rock going, on, man. Like it's cool. Like <laughs> just do it. Just, yeah, yeah,
0: just keep doing it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, again, I don't want to like I don't want to poop on either one of them, and I've definitely been both. And sometimes I'm both at the same time. Like
1: yes, <laughs> like,
0: that happens. There's
1: always things that you're not necessarily sharing if you're facilitating the entire game and you have some sort of story prepared, um, because otherwise.
0: I will sometimes allude to it to my players at the end. I'll be like, Oh, you guys took that in a place where we're going. I actually had some other stuff that I'm just going to save for a rainy day. Yeah. Like I will say that to them and not like give up like a bunch of details, but I'll say to them like, Oh yeah, you guys threw me a curveball. Like I totally lopped off a chunk of the story. Uh, I'm just going to save that encounter or whatever for a future date.
1: Yeah, I think it's actually really interesting, and we've had parts of this conversation before, so I won't spend too much time on it. Um, It's really interesting because I think part of the reason I'm a very, um, uh, I really enjoy the collaborative gaming part is because Wizard of Oz GMing didn't work for me, right? Sure. Like that, that was part of what didn't work for me in my first GMing experiences was trying to do all of that stuff behind the curtain. Um, I'm not actually very good at keeping, like, keeping stuff secret when I'm excited about it. Like, that's not a thing that I'm very
0: good at at all. Well, we're going to Um, talk about this in the the lounge. (laughs) We're going to talk about um, how I know you are bad at delayed gratification.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway, cool. So I think w- with all of that completely extemporaneously just tacked onto the end of this episode, obviously there's, you know, potentially more we could dig into there. But um, that's a, a whole conversation um, near and yeah. dear to our personal uh, our personal facilitating experiences I think, and possibly
0: a future episode.
1: Yeah, we could do that. Um, But
0: cool. Let me let let us
1: know. Let us know if you're interested in hearing about that. We'll talk about it.
0: Yeah. Let me let me just put a few points on the end of this to kind of wrap it up. Right. Sure. When we are when we are talking about something going quote too long, right? We've either got too much material or we've got a velocity issue. Um, If you've got too much material, um, the best way to do it is take the best two techniques you have for dealing with it is you can take the end and bring it closer, or you can take stuff out of the middle to make the end closer. There kind of the same but they are actually kind of different um the things that you're (laughs) always worried about when you do this is continuity uh the story not making sense or uh, making it anticlimactic as long as you take some thought into thinking about what the players know versus what you know and keeping what the players know in mind when you make these changes you have a much better chance of not hitting one of those three problems and being able to edit your game on the fly Cool. And
1: this whole episode in my head has been about product management as <laughs> running a you know game shorten your backlog,
0: campaign. shorten your backlog. Um, between <laughs> boy, sprints.
1: have I! Hey, I'm down from like 170 tickets to like 70. Anyway,
0: anyway, well, <laughs> before we head out of here and into the closing, Senda, tell me about another show on the to Mark Network.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Today, we're going to talk about Mastering Dungeons. RPG veterans and game designers Teos Abadia and Sean Merwin look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of different viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you are a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. I always feel like finger guns should come at the end of most of these, like... Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, cool. Say, so send it. where do people find us on the internet?
1: Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games, which is what Joseph did. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email always, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or you can find us on the TikToks with our individual. Um, names which are the same as Twitter which are on the at pandas talk games anyway this is completely bespoke once they find us in one of those places Phil what can they do with that information
0: yep Uh, do what Joseph did send us a question topic idea whatever it is Um, we do this to help you run better games you run better games you run more games you run games where everyone including yourself has a better time more fun and that's what this whole thing's about Right.
1: More better fun.
0: More better fun, but more importantly, role playing is supposed to be a thing that gives you spoons, makes you happy, uh, etc. So it's it, but it is it is work at times, and so when you hit some unfun parts, like we want to help smooth those bumps out, make it more fun. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. So send us the things you need help with. Um, if you need help with it, you're probably not the only person. So you're not only helping. We're not only helping you. But inadvertently, you have helped other people because we made this podcast um, and they heard it. So, all good things. If you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You get access to the Bamboo Lounge, the Aftertakes, and our Slack Room for Life. Slack Room, fantastic place. We've got um, all sorts of talk going on. Cooking, role-playing. There's uh, Star Trek. Star a lot of Star Trek talk. It's all there. Plus we've got our Friday luncheons. You can just come in on Zoom if you're working from home. Even if you're not working from home, I do it from my office. Pop in and come see us. Um it's a bit chaotic. There's a lot of talking. There's no topic in mind. It's everything.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just hanging out and but chat.
0: It's, it's just hanging out, having some connectivity to like to people who are, you know, part of the network, also listen to shows friends in the network that kind of thing so anyway cameras you, on
1: cameras off either whatever people are
0: comfortable yeah exactly uh feel free to lurk feel free to chat doesn't matter we're like you're everybody's welcome yep. um cool um if you are supporting our patreon campaign thank you very much uh it means a lot to us um it is how we keep everything running if you cannot support our patreon campaign we totally understand no problem um there is still one more thing you can do which is quite simply to get the word out. To send a how can people get the word out about pandas talking games?
1: Well, when you tell a friend, or when you share about us on Twitter or whatever social media you're into, or when people do that thing where they're like, "I don't have anything to listen to. What are your favorite TTRPG podcasts?" If if you feel so inclined, and you would like to recommend us to those folks. We super appreciate it. And it does actually really help us find new listeners. And then the other thing that you can do is that you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. It's kind of like recommending us directly to people, but not quite as effective because it's not, you know, direct. But it still does help when people stumble across us. And it helps a little bit with the uh, the whole, like... um keyword and like, you know, search algorithm. There we go. Algorithm was the word I was looking for that was just gone for a moment there. Um, Yes. So thank you so much to everybody who's left review. Thank you so much to everybody who's recommended us. We super duper appreciate it. We love you all for listening. You're fantastic. Um, And yes. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. We appreciate it greatly. Say send a um, I think that our first um, Thirsty Sword lesbian mission is taking a little while we should perhaps talk about how to shorten it what do you think we need to do
1: This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs.
0: Bloopy. There we go. I'm up. Did it do the
1: clicky clicky? It did. Okay. It did the clicky clicky. Did the clicky I got good
0: waveforms? You got good waveforms?
1: Yeah, I think I have good waveforms. Okay.
0: Okay, you
1: ready? Yes. Kay. Do we have Mr. didn't Mark Ward grandma on this show, or is that just... You? I
0: mean, you can. I mean, you can. I just. It's you know. <laughs> niche invasion, but it's fine. It's good niche invasion. <laughs> There's a lot of crossover in this uh, network, anyway.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine why.
0: Okay, you ready?
1: Yeah, my, I just noticed my headphones are completely tied in knots, but yes, let's go. Bloop!
0: Doot, doot, do 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 do, 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 do mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>